Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. Well, I hope you like seeing Scott's face on there because you'll see a lot more from this episode. <laughs> uh, we are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. The Mendy here, joined as always by Johnny Foosball, John Ben Etten. John, just how glorious is that new rooftop you have at your uh, new house there? It's good. I didn't get to see the Domino Sugar fire, but um, you know that's probably a good thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's probably a good thing. Um, we are also joined by the opposite of Joe Rogan, meaning instead of loud and cool, we have quiet and annoying. It's the doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? I hate you, David. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, at least that's kind of clever, right? You proud of me for that one? I am proud of you. You're clever with these intros. I'll give you that. Thank you. Thank you. Rounding out the normal crew, we have no Brad Stradamus, but we have the man that builds a lot of fences. It's Kevin Coleman. What's going on? I'm doing good, man. I'm here, and I just want to give a shout-out to Emily, uh, one of my students in our school district. She's fighting leukemia, so she had her last treatment a week ago, and um, just here for her tonight wearing her shirt, and we're doing some stuff with my basketball team. I love that. I love that. It's uh, great that you have that on, um, and it's uh, I'm so happy to hear that uh, for her and for her family. And uh, so, guys, there's a guy on this bottom of our screen here. And I got to introduce him the right way. So, you know, as you guys know how much I like to fish, right? Yeah. Or at least how much I wish I could fish. Well, <laughs> metaphorically, we hooked the big fish tonight. So, <laughs> fellas, joining the pod this week. Oh, yeah. Had to set the mood right to introduce our guest here. We welcome in a man that's the Arnold Schwarzenegger of commissioners, the host of FF Weekly and Commission Impossible. This is one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. He's won the 2018 The Athletic Person of the Year, the 2019 FSGA Humanitarian of the Year, and has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the OG of Debbie, one of the faces of the fantasy industry. A man I heart as much as Jeez. you heart him on iHeartRadio. You can oh, wow. keep your Super Bowls because we have the Scott Fish Bowl creator in the house. Scott Fish, what's going on, dude? What's going on? That was that was a lot of stuff. I do like that you got the OG of Debbie thing in there because there's so many people that don't realize don't realize that that part of my history in this in this uh, you know industry. But uh, that's that's a lot of stuff, man. That's uh. That's did, did, I, I saw the first Adam Rank uh, show, but did, did you do one of those for Adam second show and for Austin Eckler? Because that's uh, that was a lot. <laughs> I, I try to do it big for you guys. Uh, sometimes they don't always turn out great, but hopefully they stick. Sometimes. <laughs> that's good. David, David's a professional stalker. Yeah, I guess uh, that's another title for no, it. But no, and he goes really long on those man. musical cuts. 
That's true. That's true too. We all uh, had to add another dollar to the billions of dollars Titanic made, David. <laughs> I, I I find the best hosts that I get on with, whether it be radio or podcast or whatever, are the ones that that do those deep dives and they'll pull something you don't expect. <laughs> like uh, you, they they pull some knowledge on on the. It shows that they actually cared about you know cared about the show. They 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 worked it. They you know they they did some work for it. It's good. I like it. Well, again, we got to do a big time for big time guests. I, I want to start out before we get into a lot of stuff that we want to get into tonight. Um, you've raised so much money over the years that you've been doing this, and you have such a positive mindset in the community. I'm just curious, kind of, was this instilled in you from a young age, this mentality? Um, because, again, you've been doing so much and you're so great for the fantasy community. When did that start for you? Well, I feel like I've always had that, you know, that mentality in me. I feel like I've always, you know, tried to do good. I, I feel like a lot of us do, right? But uh, I think it really took wings about five or six years ago when uh, a buddy of mine was doing a Toys for Tots drive, just like a GoFundMe on, like, it, like on Twitter and like within the the fantasy site we worked for, and raised like eight hundred bucks. But uh, the next year, he was far too busy to do it. And this was right after I had my heart attack, which, um, you know, really shoves a mentality in the back of your brain that, you know, you <laughs> life's so short, you want to do good. You want to be a good role model for people. You want, you want to be the best possible version of you. You want everyone to see you as that best possible version of yourself. And, uh, and, and I think that led to me really, really going down this path, even though I was talking about adding a charitable element to your leagues long before that, I think, I think that really hammered it down and made me really focus in. Yeah, I mean, it shows. And again, I'm just in awe of what you do for the community. Uh, many people know how knowledgeable you are in fantasy, but again, just how great of a person you are. And it's a real treat having you on the show tonight to be able to kind of talk about not just like your stuff you do, but uh, just everything that that you're, you enable in, in the fantasy community. So um, Thanks, the other thing I wanted to ask you before we dive in here, you're full-time at the Sports Hub Game Network now, correct? Right. Yep. Can you kind of explain for the people that are aspiring? I've heard this talk before, but I don't think everybody that's either tuned in or even on necessarily on the, the program right now have heard your path. Can you kind of explain the path to where you got to where you're at in terms of fantasy? Oh, sure. Man, that's it's a very it's a it's a pretty long story here. I uh, <laughs> started I started looking for, I started doing Debbie leagues in like the late nineties. Right. And, and I couldn't find anything for them anywhere, like AOL chat rooms and message boards and stuff. Like it just didn't exist. I, I basically, and I, I like to, you know, I like to piggyback on Matt Harmon's uh, quote about find something in the industry that a question that's not being answered and try to answer it. And that's kind of where I started is I'm like trying to find information on this type of league that just doesn't exist out there. So uh, went around site site, couldn't find anything, but eventually I landed on a message board that talked a lot of fantasy football. And um, I, I kind of stuck around there, uh, became a moderator on that forum. Uh, they had me doing the start set column and the we weekly waiver column. Like a lot of us started out back in those days. Like that now there's articles for everything. Back then it was, you know, there there was a small number of things that got <laughs> that that happened. And those were the two main articles. And I was doing those. They eventually asked me to be a co-owner of the site, but I had different plans and I went off, created my own site. Um, cause I wanted to focus on the, the Devi. I wanted to focus on this newfangled PPR thing and I wanted to focus <laughs> on, we wanted, uh, Gary Davenport, who's, 
he writes all over. He's also full-time in the industry now as well. Uh, but he started that site with me and he's a big time IDP guy. So we focused on those three things, which we felt were super underserved in the industry. And because they're so underserved, we were getting on the, fr the front page of Google for any search for any of those three things. And our site exploded within a year. We, you know, we went from just us basically refreshing pages probably <laughs> to, to 800,000 plus views, you know, you know, page views a month. It was, uh, it was a, it was a fun time. A uh, few years there. Then I moved over to dynasty league football. I, I got tired of managing 20 writers. It was, it was great to try to like help them grow and, and teach them things and uh, you know, work with that many writers. But eventually it got to the point where, it was just too much. I was working, you know, my full-time job and I was doing, doing that on the side as you guys do, as most of the industry does, we work full-time jobs and then we do this passion, this hobby on the side. And it was too much for me. So I went over to DLF and I let them deal with a lot of that stuff. And I just did the stuff I wanted to there, um, which, which was great for a couple of years, but eventually sports hub came calling. They, uh, they offered me a full-time position. They had an office here in Minnesota uh, and I bounced around from what I did at sports hub because I'm, I'm pretty versatile behind the scenes. I can, I can code, I can, I can, you know, I can do radio, I can do content. I can, uh, you know, I run leagues. I can do a lot of different things with it, within the, the company. And eventually I settled on running a commissioner service called safe leagues at their company. And it got so big. I mean, it, it 10 X in three years, we're talking, it went from, you know, 35 leagues and like $50,000 to, you know, a thousand leagues and well over a million dollars. Right. So like it's, it's, it got so big that they're like, okay, you just do that. <laughs> Don't worry about anything else. You just do that. And that's where I'm sitting now. I'm, I'm the only thing I do for the company pretty much now is just run this commissioner service because it takes all of me to run it. Yeah. Um, and on the side, I mean, you know, my side stuff, I've, I try to help out people in the industry as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, most of the times I help people in this industry, it's all behind the scenes. Like you, you, you probably don't see it, but I'm, I'm helping behind the scenes with people with uh, things they need and whatnot. And then uh, of course you got the fishbowl, which started about 11 years ago as a reader league for that, um, that site I ran and 11 years later, it's this giant event. <laughs> so that's a very long story, but it, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty much encapsulates the, the run of how I got here. It's, but it's, what's so inspiring is not how much you just, you I mean, you grinded like crazy to get where you are, but you're giving back to everybody too, which is so inspirational. And that's what makes it so infectious to want to, uh, to talk to you, pick your brain. And, uh, you kind of inspire us to, to want to take the steps that you were taking and, uh, Again, speaking as somebody that's kind of just from the outside, it's just very inspirational for for me and I'm, many others to see what you're doing. Again, the humanitarian part of you, the fantasy part of you, just the hard worker part of you. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, it's just an honor to be able to talk with you and kind of hear you break down everything. So really appreciate that. Well, thanks, man. And and the 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 trying to give back and help. I mean, it goes beyond just giving back with the charity thing. Uh, I, t I had a conversation with Joe Bryant a few years ago about this and he, he related it to farming where like you bring in these writers and it doesn't have to be writers. It can be your, you know, your co-host or it can just be other people in the industry, but you know, you, 
you basically <laughs> you're basically farming you're helping each other grow you're you're helping you're helping your writers grow you're helping your co-host grow whatever and eventually you know they'll get to the point where they they've grown up enough that they can they've learned enough they they've uh, sprouted their whatever it is and they they get to the point where they can you know move on and go to other sites but they're always going to remember that person that helped them grow and that's just a good position to be in, you know, business wise and, you know, connection networking wise. It's always a good position to just help each other grow and you're, you're all going to get better in the end. I love it. I love it. And I'm looking forward to to kind of hearing a little bit more about the Scott Fishbowl that you uh, obviously you kind of touched on a little bit, but kind of breaking that down a little bit more tonight and all the commissioner stuff that you do, because we you are the commish. So we got to break that down a little bit. So. <laughs> As you guys know, obviously, we're going to get into that stuff. We have our normal question of the week this week. Which jacked running back, based on their body and workouts alone, did you think would be good but never was? And as always, we have our game revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then, man, we are here to do it for you. Now, I normally scream, let's do it, and then we move into some news and notes. But, Scott, I know, promise no rookie talk, no draft talk, no overall NFL talk tonight. That was a, a promise we said in the DMs, right? So, <laughs> like so instead, so it's instead, another movie podcast, David. No, 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 <laughs> none of the Adam Rank movie podcast. So, I'm gonna train. We got the we got the spirits up a little bit. We got the moods light. So, I, I gotta transition us. The only way I know how to transition us to talk about stuff Scott's involved with, and that's a wrap. So, hit it. Oh boy. I don't want the place, but the fishy on me. Got a lot to be, but I'll slap your knee. Fishy to be, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. Fishy oh, yeah. on me, it's a fishy to What's up? Scott I don't fish know what the place, the but the fishy tonight. on me. Go fishy on Let's go. Fishy on me. Had one wish, I don't know what the would place, it be? But the fishy on do a show to with Scott Fish. Creator of Scott Fish, that's a bull. Bringing fantasy players together as a whole. He's from Minnesota, where he likes it cold. His fantasy takes, he likes them bold. Playing fantasy since 92. He's here to teach you if you have no clue. The OG when it comes to Debbie. When it, when it comes to leagues, he's in a bevy. If you're looking for a person nicest of all, look no further than the man that stands six feet two inches tall. Watch our scope, our show with Scott Fish. If you took a shot, I'd call that a swish. Wow, Don't, right out of eight mile, David. Look at wow. you. Look Don't at quit you. your day job. That's so that's a, they had a lot of info in there. That's pretty good, too. Wow, that's good. I'm living up to my my thing Eric always touts me with there. So uh, obviously have some fun here, uh, but I want to start diving into the commissioner talk first here. Sure, so you do sure. first your podcast. You do Commission mm-hmm. Impossible with Ryan McDowell. Right. Can you tell our listeners kind of what you do on that show and the stuff you guys dive into? Yeah, yeah, we we go into a lot of stuff and and we we kind of hit a gold mine with that show. We didn't expect it, but it's it's the kind of show that commissioning doesn't change a ton year to year. You're not discussing a player's value, et cetera. So it's it's really an evergreen show that people go back and binge listen from the start all the time, which is just it's just a wonderful thing. But what we go over on that show is we go over any commissioner questions people have we go over like bad commish stories some some fun bad commish stories that people send us in i I wish i had a good one to think of off the top of my head here but it's not coming to me but bad commish stories we talk about interesting league ideas rules and settings some of the ones that ryan and i have thought up over the years that are like now commonplace in the industry which is it's it's crazy to like create a setting and then watch 
the industry be like, this is a setting now. <laughs> like everybody, everybody's doing it. It's and Ryan and I have both done that with a few settings in, in our past. And that's uh it's a really cool thing. But uh a lot of the things we talk about are just answering people's questions, their problems they have with their leagues, try to help them solve their issues. And also just interesting league ideas is is probably one of the bigger ones people listen in for because when people hear a really cool, interesting, unique league idea, you know, they don't always take it verbatim, but they'll, they'll be like, Oh, I like this element of this, this element of this, and they'll create their own league with it. And it's, I, I think that's probably my favorite thing to go over on the show, but yeah, we talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so you mentioned the problems. What are some of the biggest problems you faced as a commissioner? Ah, uh, boy, the, I, I think the, the biggest problems that I faced that I, have learned to get over is when activity dwindles over the years in dynasty leagues, there's, you know, it's all owner based and, and there you can create rules to, you know, try to amp up activity and there's ways you can design your settings to uh, ramp up activity. But I found it so owner driven that I've just kind of let go of it. Um, Same with tanking in dynasty. I've kind of let go of it. I, I feel like 20 years ago, I was like, no, you cannot tank ever. And now I'm like, just manage your team, man. It's cool. <laughs> Just like <laughs> I've learned to become more laid back, but uh, I think another problem I've had before and I've, I've learned to reel in is getting too cute. Like mm-hmm. Ryan likes to say, say, consider the why when, when you're introducing a setting, like a, a setting can seem fun when you think about it. It's like, Oh, this would be a cool setting, but why are you doing it? And if it's a dynasty league, how is that setting going to look in three, four, five years? Like uh, a lot of settings, I tell people test it out and redraft first. And then if you don't like it, if you don't think it's something that can last five years, uh, just don't do it in a dynasty. Because when you set that setting in a dynasty league, usually it lasts a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, dynasty leagues, you, you know, I have my opinions on, on being able to change rules, but if it's a rule that, uh, alters the way you construct your team or whatever, that's a hard rule, almost impossible rule to change. It's really hard to change. So, so you really have to consider those. And I think that's where I've gotten into trouble is trying to be too cute at times. And I think a lot of people have that issue. Kev, I know you're big into Debbie. You're big into Dynasty. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you commission any leagues. If you had similar problems to Scott, and what have you done? Uh, I commission six leagues. So oh, there you I go. Have a bunch. And the reason why nice. is because well, I it's listen to Ryan. Lot. I still a lot of Ryan's and Scott stuff anyway, but because I want to do a league, but I can never find one. And then I never found the league that like they wanted to run what I wanted to run. So I just made one and I was like, okay, I now I want to run it. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, pretty much that. I think we tried to do a no tight end league one year. That was awful. That was really mm-hmm. bad. Um, we figured out real quick that that didn't work. Uh, my, my favorite league that I'm in that I created, we, we actually have pipeline schools that we put in the initial draft. And so we actually, so like Ohio State went first, um, and Mahomes went second. So like, that was a cool league, but it's a lot of work. Like I have a bunch of yep. stuff. I have, I have Excel sheets after Excel sheets and all that. Dave Wright helped me how to do that because I was no idea how to do Excel <laughs> sheets. So I was kind of working on it. I, I'm interested. I think I know your answer to this, but what are your opinion of trade vetoes there, Scott? Because like, I don't like vetoes unless there's obvious like friends mm-hmm. doing it, but I've never run into that. But I think it's the worst thing that could kill a Yeah. Yeah, I I don't have any trade vetoes in any of my leagues. Everything just goes. Yeah. Um I think part of the part of the thing is you you get the best kinds of owners. Like you you're selective about your owners and it works out well. And you started off 
with one of the my two favorite one of my favorite things that Ryan and I talk about is when you want to start a league, either find a group of 12 people or whatever, find a group of people that want to create a league and create it together or just make the league you want to make and then find people to join. Yeah. And you did that second one, Ryan, and I generally do that that second one as well. Uh, but no, I'm very anti-trade veto, but in my public commissioner service paid leagues, you can't be that way. You, you have no idea the amount of collusion and cheating I have caught. We have caught over the last couple of years. Um, there, there has to be fail safes in public yeah. leagues where people don't know anybody, know each other at all. And there's big money on the line. I, I have found there needs to be a fail safe there. So we, we have rules. We have three protests. We have trade calculator. If it's like ridiculous, but in personal leagues, I'm very anti-trade veto. I think that's definitely kind of how the standard is nowadays because it's a very messy thing, right? If you veto one trade, then you're going into that whole web of every yeah. trade's going to get vetoed or why is that one not? So I, I definitely agree with how you guys are. Worst are trades standing. go through in the NFL, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, when you do construct these leagues, what's your format of choice? Non-PPR, half, full? Do you like super flex? What's kind of the, the formats that you like to run? I, I, all my leagues have to be super flex and, uh, it's, I, that's just the way the trend is too. Like I, mm-hmm. I prefer it for a lot of reasons, but that's just the way the trend is nowadays. I, it's tougher to fill the one QB leagues nowadays too, but, uh, for personal leagues, I like the half PPR half point per first down because it's so incredibly balanced and historically balanced. Like Rotoviz did an article two, three years ago where they showed the last five years at how balanced it was between the positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has held true for the last couple. So we're talking like a decade of being a super balanced. Uh, and when, when a league is balanced, when I talk about that, it means, uh, you know, running backs and wide receivers are pretty even like across the board so that their value is even, and that can create better trade activity. Um but that that's probably my my favorite scoring. By the way, uh, I'm a never too tight end guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have gone on about this a bunch of times, but uh, I have researched really? scoring tens, hundreds of probably a hundred thousand hours. I swear, well, it's tens of thousand hours. I'm sure <laughs> researching scoring and settings and things like that. Uh, probably just for SFB alone, but on my own, like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours of research. And two tight end is the single most detrimental setting I've ever researched. <laughs> I researched like 35 leagues and every year of those 35 leagues, guess how many team, how many times a team without a top three team uh, without a top three tight end won the league. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> guess how many times a team without a top three tight end won 10 or more games. Zero. Zero. <laughs> now, I'm sure that people are playing in them and they've had that anomaly. Like when the highest scorer in your league misses the playoffs, it's going to happen every once in a while. But the people who rag on say tight end premium, like two points per reception or something. Oh, it only elevates the top guys. Guess what? That's what two tight end does too. It elevates it to the point where the only the top guys can win you the lead because your second tight end, your tight end 20, if you have tight end, 11 and tight end 15, they are not going to combine to get enough to get you back. You can't stream. It's, it's just an incredibly detrimental setting. I, 
I, I'm fine with people who play it. They can love it all they want, but it's it's not, it doesn't change the fact that it's a detrimental setting. I feel like you should have told that you should have told that to Bill Belichick before he signed Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it might yeah. win games in the NFL. It's it's showing to win games. <laughs> I was just happy to hear that you're not a PPR guy. Ah, uh, here we go. Here uh, we Johnny, go. Johnny's <laughs> here sits, we go. he sits in his rocking chair and he yells at kids to get off his lawn if they play PPR. <laughs> yes, it's stupid. Why would like why would someone worthy of a pick? ever <laughs> you can't insult him he was on the show you can't do that yeah i'll edit that out okay but yeah no I, I agree with you it's like the the debate about hey a running back got tackled for negative five yards on a reception why are they getting positive points for that right like i, I totally yeah. get that argument so i think that's that half ppr like you said is kind of the sweet spot should have dropped the ball <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then my last question I want to kind of get into before we talk talking about the Scott Fishbowl, how do you, do you prefer dynasty or redraft? Cause I know dynasty is now the huge thing talked about in the industry, but there yeah. are some people that still like to talk about redraft, but it's kind of a little bit more buried now. Where do you stand on the debate between the two? Yeah, this, this is one that's gone back and forth for me because I started playing dynasty. Like 1992 was my first dynasty league and I started out in dynasty. That's the only way I knew how to play for years. Uh, that league is now a keeper league, but um, I, I always have a true passion for dynasty. I, I prefer dynasty or deeper keeper, but like now that now that like later in my career here in 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 running leagues and stuff like that, I have a real affinity for unique redraft, like testing out different fun settings in redraft. Um, I find it, I find it really fun and I like it really, I find it really freeing that I can just drop it at the end of the season. You know, it's, it's done. I don't have to bring it back. So, um, I think dynasty will always be my number one love, but I am not a redraft hater. You know, I, I do enjoy redraft. For redraft, do you prefer to know your pick ahead of time or finding out an hour before in suspense? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever been in that situation. I, I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like every time, every time I've done a redraft league, I've known the draft pick, uh, you know, shortly before the draft, except for SFB, where I always take the number one pick. But yeah, I, I feel like I always find out like shortly before the draft, like with within a day of the draft. So I, I guess I've never known with with much more advanced than that. Well, you kind of already talked about SF or SB. I can't even say that. No, yeah, right. You're you're on the right path. So (laughs) let's transition to that. And you already kind of touched on the origins of it. Uh, Was I'm kind of curious. When did it start taking off? And when did all the big names in the industry start getting involved with it? So I mean, we had big names in year one. We had the we had mm. Shane Hallam and Jeff Hasley and Ali Fontana, who's not really in the industry anymore too much, but she still plays and she's uh, she was like well, well out there back in the day. And uh, you know, you you probably don't know some of these guys, but like Greg Kellogg is in the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. Like he played and like uh, uh, Mike Clay played in in the first year. Mm. Like he, he like he he won the first year, and uh, I got second which uh, we do not, we, we talk about it. We, he does not let me live it down. We talk about it a lot, <laughs> nearly every time we see each other. Uh, but uh, yeah, we had big names in the, in the first one, but I will say, I think it took off about year four or five, right in that range. It, it was 96 teams. The second year it was 60 teams. We actually like 
decreased in that second year. Like, I don't know, less interest, whatever. I took a year off. Then in year three, I did 120 teams. We like, we scraped to get it together. The next year we increased again. And we actually had like a 20 person wait list, which is hilarious to me that we had like a 20 person wait list. And then the year after that, it was just done. It, it was exploded, you know, like it was hundreds upon hundreds on the wait list. Um, so I, I would say about year between year four and year five is when that hit. I can just imagine you being a bouncer and being like, oh, on the list. All right, you can go in. I feel like I've yep. seen that go around Twitter before or something. It's like honestly that. the worst. Like, I feel bad <laughs> that I can't get everyone in. It's, yeah. it, I, I think it would change it a lot uh, if I let everybody in because then we're sitting in a situation, like right now we're in a situation where it's like six to eight analysts in every league and you get to play with a bunch of like analysts, you, or at least a few you'd few you know or whatever if i let everyone in it'd be like one analyst that you might not know you right. know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> the competition way it is now, would definitely be watered down yeah the way it is now you usually know at least one or two or three people in your division but yeah i, I can't go that far so talk about the many people joining uh i'm i was too lazy to update it on my my show sheet here it was 75 <laughs> 75 days away as of sunday night you okay. had 1,563 analysts signed up and 5,353 fans signed up. Nearly 7,000 people already signed up. That's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, uh, you didn't update because it's at 8,300 today. Oh, my God. I didn't know it was going to go that, that much in two days. I did that I think, Sunday night. Didn't the first day, because I signed up July 1st last year, you had like 1,000 within like, I don't know, that day or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it, it was within the first like hour. Yeah, yeah, we hit 1,000 in under an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, I'm curious, how many, if you have an idea, how many do you think you're expecting to let in this year? <laughs> I believe more than last year. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's a good that's answer. A, that's about all I'm going <laughs> to put it at. Last year was 1440, and Ryan and I have talked about different configurations of how we want to play it, and most, almost all of them include more teams than last year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have not said that anywhere publicly yet but <laughs> until now. But, yeah, there, yes. there's going to be more teams than last year. Call me Dave Schefter. Call me David Schefter. We're breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. What is it. he going to call number twenty-five? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, can you tell us? I already know one big change that you made for this year. Uh, can you tell us some changes that you've made over the years to the fishbowl? And then, for those that haven't heard the big change for this year, wow, yeah, like it changes every year, though. Mm-hmm. Like uh, every single year, we have a change. the The first two years were pretty similar. They were super flex. So we've been doing the super flex since 2010. Uh, every year has been super flex, but we, you know, one year we did, um, we took away the PPR and we added points per first down. So there was no PPR. And that was actually probably the most controversial year because th- th- this was like five years ago when, you know, people were very up on PPR and, and guys like me and Andy Barons and John Paulson and, and uh, Johnny Foosball over there probably uh, were, were like, no, let's pull back the PPR. Um, and that, le- that year became pretty controversial with the, the points per first down and no PPR. The year before that, we had points per carry to try to counter the PPR effect. We, instead of just pulling it away, we tried to counter it with uh, points per carry. And, and people actually seem to like that a decent amount. I think that was the year we also introduced t- tight end premium. might have been the year before. 
uh, one year we had video games as our theme. So we went video game scoring. We we gave bonuses for big plays and for like over a hundred yards or over three hundred yards stuff like that. Like like we did back in the late nineties. You would have video game bonuses, and that was actually one of my favorite years to play in because if you had a player Monday night, that player could score a ton of points. You know, yeah. he could score five points or he could score sixty. You did like you never felt like you were out of a game when in that video game scoring because because any player could just pull up a huge game. Um, yeah, lots of different scorings we've done over the years. You mentioned this year, this year we're adding the third round reversal and we're giving the ability to flex kickers. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. There's, there's this battle brewing out there between people who love kickers and people who don't, and I want them to settle it on the field of battle, you know, and for the third round reversal thing, the data shows that the top couple picks of a draft are more likely to win by a couple percent by a percentage point or two or whatever. They're just more likely to win Uh third round reversal in my research, either evens that out or it overcompensates. I feel like fifth round reversal would actually be the, the correct way, correct way to counter it. But third round ver- reversal is available on all sites everywhere. Like it's been around 15 years. It's about time. I, you know, I, I use SFB to try to push this out there that, Hey, you can do this. If this is something you want to try, you know, it's part of what SFP is. You know? I love it. I I mean, that is awesome. I love that you're like tinkering with things every year to keep it fresh, keep it exciting. The video game aspect thing is it's just exciting to me. I wish that our league had that right now. Like some of no, our the kicker aspects, the most exciting. Yeah, we're, we're missing Brad. If Brad was on the show, <laughs> Brad's ears are burning. <laughs> yeah, because um, we, we've talked that we've had a couple kicker debates on the show because they can give you as many points or more points than some running backs. I think the it was not last year, but the year before, Harrison Bucker was a top twenty-four running back. This turn, uh, the amount of points he had. Nice. So, I mean, I, I think that does bring a cool element to it. So, I, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, that's, um, that's one of those goals of SFB is to push something out there that people can try in their own leagues, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, what about some, you said there was a video game theme. I know you were talking about potentially doing for music this year. I know that might not yeah. be the case anymore, but uh, what are some other themes you've done in the past? Yeah, so uh, the first two years were very site-centric based on stuff on our site. Then I think the third year was Tech Mobile. We would have like Bo Jackson and Tom Rathman and like there were Tech Mobile ones. We had one year where it was like uh, movie stars. We had one year, one year where it was TV shows. Uh, we, man, so many. Uh, one year was toys. Uh, one year was video games. Um, I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the others, but that's like six of them right there. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so then to round out the, the fishbowl questions, I got a couple more. I heard on another pop, I forgot where I heard it, but you said that you had Shane Battier is in the Scott fishbowl. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. How did that come about? There's, there's lots of, there's lots of celebrities that play man. Like uh Scott Porter, who's on uh Ginny and Ginny and Georgia right now. He was mm-hmm. Jason street and Friday night lights. He plays, uh, I mean, like, uh, James or Dave star of psych and a million little pieces. Now he plays like, uh, Mike Mims from REM plays. Oh, wow. Um, Has Josh uh, Donaldson hit you up? I know he's a big fantasy football guy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Jerry Ferrara, turtle for honorage, uh, was going to play last year and then never got back to me. So oh maybe, man. <laughs> maybe he'll play this year, but, uh, yeah, Shane Battier. I like the Shane Battier, Battier story. Cause he like, 
he signed up like he did like sometimes like i'll get a message like someone will s- s- send me a message or like there'll be a hookup behind the scenes or whatever she Battier just signed up on this on the site like normal like didn't ask for anything <laughs> any special treatment nothing at all just signed up and uh like Ryan noticed him. We clicked to his profile and like, he's following like 31 people and one is me and one is Ryan. And it's, it's check Mark <laughs> Shane Batty. And we're like, okay, this is actually Shane Batty. Let's, let's get him in. And he was, uh, yeah, he, he came on the potathon to talk and yeah, he's a really good dude. Very, very into charity too. So it's, it's very cool that he, uh, he got involved last year. To be honest, James that Rose, so. but no Dulé Hill. No, 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 do they? I should shoot James a message and, uh, and see if he can hook that up, get them in the same division or something. To be honest, that doesn't surprise me about Shane Battier because when he won the championship with the Heat, they're all partying and he goes to a Denny's and eats after. He seems like your most normal guy that was an athlete. He, seemed, he seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, Is he really has he placed guy. well when he's done the, the Scott Fishbowl? Like, what did he place like? Like, did it say like where he's done? I'm sure I'm sure it showed where like the leaderboard shows everyone, but um I I don't have it up right now. I don't I don't know exactly how he placed, but I know I remember looking about midseason and he was doing well. I'm I'm pretty sure he made the playoffs too. I don't I don't know how far he went though. That's awesome. That is, yeah. when I first heard that, like that is why he's, wild. He's a big, big zero RB guy. <laughs> oh man. So, oh like, yes, my, my those... people. I found him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so if you're drafting with him, if you're in a league with yep. him, there you go. Scott gave yep. his strategy away. It's, it's it's Kevin and Shane Battier. That's right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> this made uh, my night, Scott. I, I have something in common with Shane Battier. <laughs> <laughs> so then the last question I want to ask you, is there a deadline um, and and do you have the a great invite like story? Someone that like got an invite and just the you saw the reaction from them. Uh, oh. So both of those ones. I don't have a single one. I I can I can tell you every time I send out invites, my Twitter dis- is destroyed for the entire day. <laughs> yes, and and mm-hmm. it's so wonderful to see that like it's the closest thing to watching your kids open presents on Christmas morning, right? Like that's without be it being that. I have two kids, and that's that's a wonderful thing. But uh, it's it's the closest thing to that watching everybody super excited and interacting. I think my more favorite stories about like not just invites, but like how people connect in like DM chats and like get together and like people who are not in the industry, like, cause I invite, I invite all sorts of people. Like most of the people I don't know when I invite them and just watching people go from 20 followers to 500 followers. And then all of a sudden they're on podcasts and stuff like that is my favorite thing. It's not just invites. It's watching that. It's watching those people go from just being a a fan of fantasy football on Twitter to someone who's interacting and becoming part of the community. And it happens every year. And that's probably my favorite part. I love that. And, and you're right. Like I, I see them all over the Twitter timeline. Everybody's posting them. It's like, like I got to do the obligatory post for the Scott Fishbowl. But you, you can tell <laughs> the excitement through everybody's uh, keyboard in a sense. So right. I, yeah. I definitely think that's awesome. Uh, do you, when is the deadline for those that haven't signed up them to be able to sign up? I, I take signups right until the end of uh, the, like right until like the week of the, the tournament, you know, like I never know if I, I always save a few spots just in case mm-hmm. right at the end, you know? Um, but I I've changed the database around now that 
it's just going to remain open. I, I don't, if you sign up after like, if you sign up in July, you're probably not getting in, <laughs> but I, I'm just going to keep the sign up open year round now because, because of the way I've set up the database. So um, yeah, but just sign up now. <laughs> My, it's really annoying to me when people are on Twitter mentioning how they, they haven't gotten an invite or they're not mm-hmm. invited and they never sign up and they, they were never signed up. And I, I'm not psychic. Like I don't right. have your email address just like, cause I saw you tweet, you know? So I'm pretty sure because I saved my email confirmation. Like you have a confirmation email that you should have if, if you right. entered it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's how it's that hard to once you get it to just save an email. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, I'm, <laughs> no one be spiteful if you don't get in. Obviously, I know I've heard you say that like if, if you do it for a few years, some like after like the third or fourth year, you really try to make an effort to make sure that you get in. Yeah, I I'll be honest. Like I've done that every year and t- like even up to last year, everybody who had bet- waited three or more than three years got in last year. This year, I looked and that number is over four thousand. Like so, Man. I can't I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Like I yeah. like I I can't say four years and you're in anymore because that number is too high. Like that would be the whole league and then some. So right, um, that's that's a good but, point. But I do try. I I do have my my thing shows, and I do I do make an effort to to help that out to a degree. But I I can't guarantee it anymore. <laughs> that totally makes sense. I had no idea it got to that. Wow. Woo. A lot of people have been waiting a few years. It it sucks. That's what happens when the signups are 10,000 plus for this will be the fourth consecutive year over 10,000. That's awesome. And yeah. um, to bring up the point about Scott, like I met Mike, Daddy's home, you know, fantasy football because oh, he did a yep. vi- he, he sure. did a video um, at the Podfather that I thought was hilarious, and then we've actually become kind of friends based on this. So I've met friends, even though I haven't. I did the satellite, and that was a lot of fun. So yeah. I think it just brings a lot of people together. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I followed you the other day on Twitter when after you did a video, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kevin's Kevin yes. uh, brings tears to my heart when he yeah. puts videos out like that. <laughs> uh, but I-, I love to break it into that that type of stuff here. Uh, I like to have also a little bit of fun here, and we're gonna start out with our question of the week. Before we get to our question of the week, I just ask if you are enjoying. The content here, make sure you click the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. If you want to hear more triple play, we have a fantasy baseball and basketball show you can check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, please make sure you give us a five-star rating and review to support the show. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, tweets that get no likes, and of course, our weekly episode drops. If you want to keep the fun going, check out our web site, tripplayfantasy.com. All the best articles, videos, podcasts, and more, all at the mecca of everything triple play fantasy. This is the one podcast that will have your friends' heads turning like the exor- the, exor- the the exorcist when they hear us on your phone for the first time. So thank you everybody that tunes in each week, listening, watching, interacting with us. We really appreciate it. So our question of the week is which jack and I, I know I Scott, I promise there'd be no football, but technically this is off the field. <laughs> which jacked sure. running back? Do you think was going to be a stud based on their body and their workouts alone, but never was? There's one obvious answer for this, and he's probably going to get it. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'm going to go back too far for that. Um, I would say the first one that came to mind when you said this, I had one 
a guy that came out of high school, like a, on the Debbie side. And then mm. I got one that NFL side, except his 40 time was terrible. Uh, Beanie Wells came out of, yeah. came out of college mm-hmm. and he was like 90th percentile in a bunch of things. Like he had a ridiculous bra jump, uh, huge vertical, huge 10 yard splits. Like, um, like his numbers, like his height his height and weight combo, like, uh, like I believe he was six one, six two, and like two thirty five. But that's part of it. He ran like a four five something, which mm-hmm. was pretty slow. But his bench, broad jump, all that stuff through the roof, and he just never made it work. Um, Cadillac Williams had a little bit of that too. But uh, Beanie Wells is the one that that comes to mind that I thought was going to be decent in the NFL because he had everything except the top end speed. Right. And, and he just didn't, just didn't make it work. And I'm going to do a Debbie guy because I'm so mad. This guy never worked out. Uh, Jamie Harper came out of high school and I'm sure no one listening knows Jamie Harper. He went, <laughs> he went to Clemson and, and, and he, he was underutilized there, but he was so athletic that he still made it to the NFL, barely being utilized in college. He was on the Titans for a couple of years, but uh, Jamie Harper like came out of high school as this like six, two, six, three, two thirty five guy that ran like a four, three, two, like oh man, <laughs> just this giant beast of a running back and uh, just, just Jack giant beast of a running back. And like, like he's the guy that you know, if you saw like pictures, this, the screenshotted pictures of him with his shirt off and stuff, like, it's like Austin Eckler, you know, it's just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> and like the, it's funny. He came out of high school running like a four, three, two, and then he ran like a four, six at the combine and it was over, but he was still so ridiculously athletic and jacked. He made the NFL, but um, there's a Debbie guy and a pro guy that I thought were going to be things. And they just weren't. <laughs> Vini Wells. I remember when he came out and I was really high on him too. And uh, I, I, did he have a good rookie year with the Cardinals and then dropped off? I thought he had one decent year. If I, I thought I, I remember, f- I feel like it was okay, and I feel like he was injury plagued early yeah. on, and it just so uh, he, it just he, never panned. He had a thousand yards his third year, and then he had eighty eight carries his next year, and then he was done at twenty four. That's, That's a weird drop off. Uh, so, Doc, let's go to you next. You said that everybody's going to take your guy. Obviously, Scott didn't go there. It looks like so. Who's the obvious guy? Well, it's somebody that was taken off the ESPN player pool today, so I guess that means he's not coming back at all. And that's Christine Kristen. Michael. Oh, yeah. he took mine. Oh. Dang it. Oh, oh there, there we I, go. I, I figured someone would say this. That's why I didn't say it. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I thought I had that, that That's the, the answer that everybody was thinking. I mean, I think everybody yep. thought at some point, all right, it's just going to be a matter of time. It's just going to be a matter of time. Because he was initially with Seattle, and I think everybody was like, oh, he's going to do what Marshawn Lynch was going to do, just ground and pound. And it never turned out that way. The most season or the most rushing yards he had in a season was 583 when he was split between Green Bay and Seattle uh, in his second to last season. So that, that, year that, Seattle, that year with Seattle, when Marshawn left, I believe, didn't he go like in the second round in a lot of drafts? Like he got bumped up high. People were like reaching to get him. I remember his ADP coming up there pretty good. Uh, Johnny Foosball, who's your guy? You're the reason people are getting uh, Christine Michael because you were probably hyping him up out there. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah, I I don't think he had a bad career by by any means. But you know, it's the muscle muscle hamster himself, Doug Martin. If he could have you know been mm. healthy, he had a couple great years and then a lot of like 500 yard seasons. He really had something there. I agree. I mean, he had yeah. 
Yeah, that one great year with the Bucks had a, a kind of a rebirth year later on in his career, but never fully panned yeah, I out. I don't think he had a bad career by any means, especially for you know running backs who have shortened careers anyway. But you know, when you, you sandwich you know two fifteen hundred yard seasons almost in between, you know, four hundred, four hundred, five hundred, it's it's crazy. Right, the the boys. Who's your pick? Yeah, I went old school a little bit because he was one of my first picks in a Debbie league I did in like 2016, and that was Bo Scarborough from Alabama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a monster, and he just never could stay healthy. He couldn't figure it out. Of course, my Cowboys drafted him, and he still he just couldn't he just couldn't hang around. But that guy is a monster. Yeah, He is. All right, so let me ask you, if I say biceps, who's the one that comes to mind? <laughs> There's one guy. Robert there you go, Turbin. Robert Turbin. When you Turbin. see him holding the ball in like the pictures, and his biceps look like the ball was about to squeeze and pop in his arm. I mean, that when you when I was gonna say Christine Michael, but that was the alternative. I feel like he has the biggest arms of any running back I've ever seen in the NFL. What's funny is when you when you say biceps, my even though he's not a running back, my brain immediately goes to David Boston, David Boston. every time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god! He has monster arms too. I, I just picture all those Monday Night Football caricatures they drew of all the quarterbacks that were way too strong for like Philip Rivers, look Jack in those drawings. They did. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Man. Honorable mention to Bishop Sankey too. Was he jacked? He wasn't jacked, but I all thought. I think we all thought. You just want to. You just want to. You just want to mention Bishop Sankey on the podcast right now. Yeah, it was. It was a throwback. I mean, he had a two-year career. I thought we all had higher hopes for him. Yeah, he kind of flamed out pretty quick. Uh, all right, let's move to the last segment of the night. That's our game of the week. All right. Last part of the, the show, game of the week. The game is called, we have obviously Scott Fish on the show. So this, the game is called Name That Fish. Oh, boy. So I have eight football-related <laughs> football players. Uh, I, di- I didn't go outside the football realm. Uh, so basically, anybody has anything to do with anything underwater because I couldn't fi- figure out just fishes or fishers. So an example uh, would be if I were to say the description of Florida State's head coach, you would say? Jimbo Fisher. There you go. So I have eight of them, and you're going to buzz in with your name. So whoever's name I hear buzzed in first gets its first chance to answer. If you get it wrong, you're out for that question. All right? I am not going to get any of these. Do you have your stuff on? Is Jimbo Fisher's not the head coach of Florida State anymore. I'm worried it, about your – No, I'm but I think you. that was just meant as a clue. Like, All right. Like when I'm just playing, worried about like, him. He tries to cheat, Scott. He, he's cheating out here. <laughs> you, you, couldn't have, you couldn't have said like L.A. Angel center fielder. Yeah, he, he's trying to cheat. we got to always keep him honest. Mike Trout. I got it, Eric. Oh, I was gonna, no. you know what I was gonna say? I was gonna say if you say Mike Trout's automatically minus one point because I feel like he was gonna get mentioned. You should have uh, used him I, as the example. There we go. All right. Number one, I'm the first overall pick for a Super Bowl winner. Eric. Go ahead. Eric Fisher. That is correct on the board. Eric's right. Oracle quizzes are gonna take over for us at the Everyone knew that one was coming. Like everyone knew that one was gonna be one of the eight. We have to get it. We have to get it out of the way early. So don't they're not all that easy. All right. Number two, a rising young tight end going into his second year after being the first tight end off the board in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, I thought you guys would get that just from that clue. I didn't even write a second clue. This isn't a two tight end league, David. We don't get what, that. What, what was the clue again? Yeah, do it, say it again. 
Uh, a rising young tight end going yeah. into his second year. Oh, I got it, Kevin. Go Adam ahead. Troutman? Troutman. That is correct. Oh, oh my gosh. Adam oh. Troutman. Nice job. I was thinking TJ Hawkinson, but I was like, wait, yeah, I do with water. He's, like, wait, he's going wow. into his second year. Second I thought you said he just finished his second year. I don't listen very well. Yeah. Number three, the definition of an eight and eight head coach. Eric Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> you, all, you all said that. I'll give it. I'll give it to all you. <laughs> Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher. Okay. I'm the only one that said my name, by the way. I said it. After no, I said it answer. after I said the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Linda Lyons, or I think Linda Lyons, she says her name. Good friend of the show. Would like me to mention this guy. He became a top kicker for a playoff contender. Kevin Scott. Tyler Bass. That is correct. Tyler I, only, I only know that because she talks about him all the yeah. time. So the shout out to Linda. Yeah. I, I, when I wrote that clue, I was like, that's the only reason I know who he is because yeah. she mentions it all the time. Okay. This one's a little bit of a stretch. It, I'll give you a hint. It's in his first name, the, the fish clue here. I got injured in week one, and now I'm going to help spell a rookie sensation when I come back this year. Mar- Marlon Mack, John. That is correct. You should Marlon. have buzzed with him. That was a little bit of a stretch one, but Marlon Mack is the cor- correct answer. Okay. Oh, we've got three left. My regular name isn't fish related, but my nickname is, and I'm a well-decorated head coach. Eric. Go ahead. Oh. The big tuna. Who is it? Oh. That's, you got to say who it is. Bill Parcells. Ah, good job. That's correct. I, I thought I you blanked on the name one. for a second. <laughs> is it weird that I thought Purcells, but I could not think of what his nickname was, but I was like, I know it's fish related. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does make it a little easier. All right. Last two. I am the only logo and team related to underwater. Eric. Scott. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Eric Miami Scott. Dolphins. That is correct. I don't think that should count as a question. But <laughs> I literally, I literally, when I was teaching and I had like 30 you minutes, said it I was got just, harder. This is getting easier. I, feel like this, I, I was running, I was running, I was like searching through all the player names. I couldn't find anything. Uh, this one is a stretch as well, but it fits. I played college at Missouri and was a potential top 10 draft pick until I was arrested for marijuana possession. I was selected by the Denver Broncos at 23 in the 2015 NFL draft. Underwater creatures. What draft was it? 2015. Oh, that is a throwback. He plays, I think, in like the CFL now. Pass rusher. He was going to be opposite of Vaughn Miller. I I feel like I can imagine him. I only really worry about offense, David. No IDP leaks for you, huh? No IDP leaks. Ty, you could put it in the chat if you know what it is. Oh, man. I don't know this one. Who is it? All right, I'll give you guys another hint. Um, his first name starts with an S, last name starts with an R, and it's three letters. Eric. Go ahead. Shane Ray. That is correct. Oh, Jeez. yeah, Shane Ray. I forgot. Wow. Doc, you uh you did really well with that game. I thought this was Scott's game in the bag. <laughs> you, uh, no. you know what? No. That- it, it counts because that's worth one, and it should have been worth two, and the Miami Dolphins should have been worth nothing. So it's a net <laughs> where it should be for Eric. I actually think you should lose points for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was more fish last names because I was I was like, there's a shortage here. But, Doc, you win the game. You get your one-person cheer. Yay! 
That one person wow. supports me week That's, in, week out. That is awesome. You are quick on that buzzer. Wow. Uh, thank you. I'm a nerd. Well, well, Scott, this was a total blast for us, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Hang with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and just uh, just because I do it on every show, if you're out there and you're playing in a fantasy league, try to add a charitable element. Maybe one of your entry fees or have the winner give a little to charity. Any charity, doesn't matter. We can do a lot of good with the 100,000 leagues we have out there. I love, love that message. And can you let, if people are living under a rock, which I assume they already know who you are, but if they don't, can you let them know where they can find you? Obviously, all the great stuff that you're doing and anything else you'd like to plug? Sure. Uh, if, if you want to join a fantasy league, a public fantasy league uh, for a legal contest operator, uh, safeleagues.com or safeleaguesfantasy.com, they'll go to the same place. And everything I do is Scott Fish, uh, Scott Fish 24 on Twitter. You can find everything there. Scottfishbowl.com, I suppose I could plug, but I don't really need to. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun. Oh, we have a good question. How can we donate to the Scott Fishbowl charities? So um, I, I don't take donations through Fantasy Cares anymore. Last year, I, uh, I, I went on this mission of trying to get people to find things that they're passionate about because I feel like if they find a charity they're passionate about, they'll be more likely to feel connected to it and feel that feeling of wanting to bring it to their own leagues and wanting to do that more often. So I kind of wanted to push that, especially with everything going on last year. But uh, for, for the, our, our toy drives – John Bosch runs these eliminators that that uh, you can you can join up. So follow John Bosch on Twitter. I think it's John Bosch FF. I think, um, or you can uh, donate during the potathon. Salito runs that potathon, and he has a like a PayPal pool or GoFundMe or something going during it. Uh, all that money goes to the toy drive and buying T-shirts. Um, a, a good you know a good percentage of the T-shirt sales go to buying toys as well. I love that and. Again, the donation part of it, the the just being able to play in the league. Scott is a great man, great guy in the fantasy community. Make sure if you're not familiar with the great work that he's doing that you change that and you get involved with what he's doing, whether, again, just donating, trying to play and, and be involved with what he's doing. It's awesome. Everybody that's out there, thank you so much for listening, watching. We'll be back tomorrow, actually, with Heath Cummings of CBS Fantasy Football awesome. Today. So make sure you don't miss that. Until then, everybody be well. And we're going to make like bananas and split. See you guys later. <laughs>